That'll be great. Uh, if you don't mind, that'll be helpful to us. I know some come in early, and uh, you were uh, didn't really know where to sit, so you probably sat where you are right now. But if you could come a little bit closer, that'd be great. All right, let's look to the Lord in prayer as you respond to that. We would appreciate it. We are we are going um, streaming. And uh, when we're streaming and you're all the way back there, then it sort of looked like we see all these empty chairs first. And so to help us with our streaming, um, it makes a better picture with us towards the front. So that's good. Just a little closer will be helpful. I know we want you to sit where you want to sit, but if you can that would be helpful to us. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have to be in your house today. What an honor to be in your house, to give you praise, to give you glory, to give you honor. We invite your Holy Spirit to do something special for each and every one of us. We ask you to speak to us as only you can, God. May you do a work in our hearts May you bring transformation in our lives. May we never be the same after today. Lord, speak to us in ways that we can understand. You know each and every person here. You know those that are coming. You know their needs, their circumstance, their situation. You know about their eternity, God. You know what really matters. We pray that today something will be said that will make a difference in their lives. That they will leave this place not the same way that they came. But the Spirit of God will do something supernatural. We give you thanks, we give you praise, we give you glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people says, Amen. Let's put our hands and welcome the worship team. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can I get a wave offering? Yes. It's so good to see you guys in the house of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We want to lift his name high. Can we lift his name high? Yeah. Hallelujah. The song says, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. Boy.
Come on, tell your neighbor, my God is awesome. Come on, tell a neighbor, my God is awesome. Oh, please worship with us this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, my God is awesome. He can, yes, keep me in the valley, hide me from the
the sound of heaven touching her. The sound of heaven. The sound of the sound of heaven touching her. Can we just lift our hands? The sound of heaven. God, as we lift our hands, revive us, refresh us, refill us, God, restore us, God. God, we say that we are here to give you our best, our best worship, our best offering this morning. Here we are to worship you. Here we are to say that you are God. We're here to lift our hands. We, we're here to say how much we love you. Hallelujah. We're here to say that we appreciate you, God. Oh, yes, God. Can I have any witnesses that will join with me this morning as we worship the Lord together, as we bless his name, as we open up our mouths and give him glory? Oh, we're going to sing, Here I Am to Worship.
when we come to you we must believe we must believe first that you are that you exist and that we must become diligent in seeking you because you're a water of those that diligently seek you so this morning we come with confidence because we know that you're alive and well we know that you woke us up this morning we know that you watched over us this past week we saw the hand of God upon our lives. We looked at your provision. We saw your protection. We see what you have done for us. You are gracious and merciful, quick to forgive, ready to provide mercy and help. We look to you this morning and we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor. We invite you today, God, to do something special in each and every life. Because you're that kind of a God. You are the kind of a God that wants to do something new every day. You are God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the giver of all gifts. We recognize that every good thing comes from above. So this morning, breathe afresh upon your people. Touch each and every one here today. Minister to every household represented those that are here and those watching us by the world wide web we ask that you send your healing virtue to those that are sick even in the hospital to those that are sick at home today send your word to bring healing oh god in the name of jesus may they experience your supernatural healing power right this very moment we pray for those that are sick in this place today 
that they would realize and experience that you are truly their healer, that you are the more than enough for them. We thank you for that which you're doing. We thank you for that which you're going to do. And we commit everything today in your hands. We commit our lives afresh to you today. And we ask you to order our steps, to direct our path, to lead us, oh God, to teach us, oh God, to guide us, oh God, to instruct us, oh God. We look to you because you are the answer to every situation we face. And we give you thanks today for that which you're doing now and for that which you're going to do. We ask all these in that name that is above every other name in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand this morning. You may be seated. Hallelujah. God is who he says he is. And he's more than enough for everyone this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. He is awesome indeed. And he is able, as the word says, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you may ask or think. Amen? What a great God. What an awesome God we serve. We want to welcome you this morning to the service. This is Family and Friends Day, and we are so glad that you've invited your family and friends that are with us today. And uh, we want to take a moment to recognize those that have come. If you are for the first time, we're going to do the first time first. If you are for the first time, the ushers are going to give you uh, a little a packet, but they're also going to give you a smiley face. We're going to give you a smiley face. We want you to put the smiley faces on because we want to come to recognize you after the service because I'm going to give them instructions and many are going to, many want to come and greet you and to let you feel welcome and they want to know who are the first timers and so the smiley face is going to tell them who the first timers are so they can come and greet you specifically. So if you're visiting for the first time, we're not going to ask you to speak. We're not going to ask you to solicit anything from you. Will you stand so we can give you a living word, open Bible welcome, if you are for the first time. Let's put our hands together and welcome them. And those at the back, sister, you want to come on down and give them the smiley face. Uh, on this side here, we want to give you a smiley face before you sit. And then once you receive the smiley face, you may be seated as well. All right? Once you receive the packet on the smiley face, you may be seated so we know who you are, so we recognize you as the one who is a first-time guest. Then we're going to do something else as well. As soon as they finish giving those and they're seated, we'll get something else. So once you receive the smiley face on the packet, you may be seated. We want to be able to recognize that you've received yours already and that you are seated. All right. Then we want to recognize if you are here, as a guest, as a family and friend, because somebody invited you as a family and friend, will you stand so we can give you a big hand? Come on. You're here as a family and friend. Come on, let's give them a big hand. They're invited as family and friends. We're glad you're here today. Let's come on, give them a big hand. Come on. Amen. Welcome, 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 welcome. You may be seated. Glad to have you here today. And uh, we want you to recognize that we appreciate you coming and we want you to be feel at home 
And uh, if you don't have a church home, we welcome you uh, to a place where the Bible is taught and where the Spirit of God is present and where we might. I used to go to a church where the pastor says the gospel and friendship are struggling to meet. But we pray that we are actually got to that point where we're there meeting. And so we're believing God for that. Amen? And so we welcome you this morning and glad you're here. I figured that some people come in afterwards, so I'll do that again a little later on. So ushers, get ready for us to do that again because some may arrive a little bit later. And we want to recognize them as well for when they come. I got a couple of announcements that I need to make. Uh, we have following up this week, coming beginning tomorrow night, we have our youth crusade. This is what we do in the summer. In the summer, we have our youth crusade, and uh, it's here this Monday. And someone is coming, Sister Augusta is coming to talk about it. Give her a big hand. She's one of our youth leaders. Good morning, church. How is everybody doing? Good. So I'm up here talking about youth crusade for um, next week, starting tomorrow, July 31st through August 3rd. If you are one years old and 25, up to 25, do this. Do this. Okay, 30. Do this. Say <laughs> so she's talking about me. <laughs> So we have a great and awesome program set up and, and, and prepared for you guys um, for this week. We have um, a great Maimon coming from a different church. Um, we have a special spoken word that is coming on Monday. And uh, we're believing in God that he's going to do something wonderful this week. Um, the kids actually had an awesome, awesome time last week um, where we went to Camp Freedom five days from Sunday to Thursday. And I got to tell you guys, when you see your youth on the floor praising God and getting into the spirit, you would not, you would not have believed that they're the same people that were sitting in these chairs, okay? We went to CGC, which is Chosen Generation Center. It was a conference that we did for Friday and Saturday. And that was also awesome. So your youth right now are wet. They are wet for the spirit. So you got to bring them out, right? I know it's the weekday, but guess what? You don't want them to miss an awesome time with the Lord. Amen? So bring them out. Parents, say, that's me. I need to bring my kids out. Amen. Have a wonderful morning. Amen. It's summertime. They're out of school, so it's a great time to be out. Amen. We're going to give you a little flavor of what camp was like. So uh, this time, with our technology help, we are going to be able to sort of give you a little bit of flavor of our camp, um, where we were in Camp Freedom. And so on the screen you will see some of the pictures of what we did there. Uh, this is where we were, under the tents. We had several tents there, and uh, we were uh, spending a lot of time under the tents, and so different scenes of 
us under the tent. Uh, and you'll see some scenes at night as well. And then, of course, we want to show you when we were in the classroom setting, uh, a very attentive to the speaker there who is doing a session. We had different pastors who did different sessions with them. Um, and so as this, this is the seniors. This is only the seniors group. The junior group is, uh, is, an, is somewhere else doing something else. And so you can see we have quite a number of young people at camp. It was an awesome time with them. And uh, they had a lot of fun in different ways. And to give you some ideas of some of the fun time that they had, we want to show you a little bit about that. They had a slip and slide, and they, this was one of the things that they really enjoyed. And uh, it was an awesome thing. They, they did all kinds of different ways, and they had a wonderful time with that. So that was part of what the fun time with them. And so, of course, we had the teaching, the fun time. We also had, of course, the services, which was at night. And you get a little flavor of what happened in the night. Wonderful time worshiping God. Very electrifying. So we had several of our churches together there. Lots of our churches came together, and we had a wonderful time. And then, of course, as you heard, there were times of ministry uh, when the young people were broken and just before God, as they were there on the ground, as you can see some of them just crying out to God. And the Spirit of God just ministering to them in different ways. And uh, it was an awesome time there. Uh, the Spirit of God moved among the young people, a lot of them crying and making recommitments to God, reconciling differences and all kinds of things like that. So there was that spiritual side of camp as well. But there's also, also the food side of camp. And they did very well with that. That's just breakfast one morning. Can you see all those pans? Every pan had a different type of thing in there. So they had like eight, nine things, 12 things that morning, different they could choose from. And they had different choices. It was really had awesome. We had a chef, a gourmet chef, real chef at camp. So they had a wonderful time there as well. And then, of course, the time with, uh, there's also when they got tired. And this is what happens when they got tired. You know, when they, didn't, when they go, didn't go to bed, you know, this is when they went to bed at 4 a.m. in the morning. You send them to bed, but you know they're up talking and they're not going to bed. And so that happens. And then, of course, we got to show you the, those, there's also the teams. We create teams. And the teams are from various churches. It's not church against church. It's just like one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And so 
doesn't matter where you are. You end up with people you don't know. You've never seen them. And you got to form a bond. And you got to create a team. And the team's got to come together. And here's a senior team that won. All right. Some of the councils are here. And some of the members of the team are here. And so this is a senior team from various churches in this team. Several different churches are made up of that team. They have their medals for winning. They had, of course, a song competition. They had a talent competition where they had to decide what the talent they were going to do, what they're going to display. There was also a, a, a quiz competition in the Bible on Ephesians. And then there's also a drama presentation, which they were quizzed on. So it was a, a wonderful time. And, um, and, of course, so they had a wonderful time at camp. And I still got to show you, uh, I think I got to show you, we had our musicians there. Uh, they were there with us. And I don't want to leave them out. So let's see if I can find them in this picture here. Um, somewhere is our musicians. And they were, um, they were helping us out on the stage. Yeah, there's musicians. We have Sister DeAndra there and, and uh, Kate, um, Nate on the, and then uh, of course Dwayne on the drums and uh, our brother, our brother uh, Silvera on the keyboard. So we had some good times and good music. So it was a wonderful time. And Kimani came and played the, drum, the, key, the, 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 the uh, guitar for us uh, in the evenings after work. He just stopped by and stayed with us. And we went until after midnight one night. And then they had to drive all the way back up here. And he was coming to work in the next morning. So can we give them all a big hand this morning? They did a tremendous job. It was a great team effort. Everybody pulling together. If you were at camp and you volunteered and was at camp, can you stand so we can give you a special big hand? There's one. Oh, come on, one. Only one for this. Two. Okay. Anybody else? All right. Glad you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Kamani is up there. And Brian. Brian. Brian Francis is up there. He was in charge of sports and helping us transport the tent. And, and also Roshane. And they did a tremendous job. They did a lot of work. It was a lot of work loading up those vans. And taking those stuff down and setting up. All of that tent you see there. We took from here. And the lighting and all of those things. We made several trips. We had to buy truckloads of food. You know, that was a lot. You know, we went spend thousands and thousands of dollars at Restaurant Depot. And also at BJ's. And all of those places. And loaded them up and went. So we had a great time in camp. Both spiritually, physically, mentally. And it was just an awesome time. So we thank God for the summer camp. Now, we have summer is the time when we do a lot of different things. And uh, coming up this Saturday, Sister Curry is going to come to tell us about something that you can be involved in. And uh, in this, uh, this Saturday coming, and we're believing God for good weather. Amen? We're going to be praying for great weather. So let her talk to you about what's coming up this Saturday. Good morning, everyone. Well, the summer picnic. Aren't you all a little bit jealous about the young people up there going to camp and having that much fun? This Saturday, you have an opportunity for a one-day camp-like experience, and that's going to be the picnic on Saturday. On Saturday, starting at 10.30 in the morning, we're going to have a summer picnic. Lots of fun, lots of food, lots of fellowship. What we're looking for, we're looking for volunteers who will help us to serve. We're looking for donations, watermelon, water, whatever you have. The cost of camp, if you can, 
not camp. See, I got in a camp mode. <laughs> the cost of the picnic is $15 for adults, and children under 12-year-old will be $6. Come out, have a good time. There's a sign-up sheet at the front, and there should be tickets by Sister Reynolds at the desk. Come have a part of the camp experience that they had for one day. God bless you. The summer picnic is great fun, um, and we're going to be challenging people on dominoes, and if you'd like to get a six club, I'll be happy to give you one. So you can, you can come and challenge me if you want on a six club and domino, and I will surely love on you a lot. Okay? So there's going to be a lot of love going around in the picnic, and you can bring your different boards. Some people are going to be bringing their Luda board and other things like that, get, any board games that you have, uh, that's good. So we're going to have a wonderful time, good food, good fellowship, good fun. And uh, I believe in God. We're going to have great weather on Saturday. All right. Um, a lot of other things. Academic Club for Excellence. You want to make a note of that, parents. The award ceremony is next Sunday evening. So next Sunday evening is the award ceremony for the Academic Club of Excellence. We have a great speaker. We have a former winner who has gone on to do her doctorate and she works with a university right now and she has her PhD and is a uh, almost like an academic dean she's going to be one of our speakers right from here right through the academic club going all the way up through the club gone on to college and now have her PhD she's going to be one of our speakers at the academic club for excellence we've a lot of PhDs that have gone through the club and a lot of different ones who have done excellent and gone very gone on very well to do very well in the world, and we've been a part of that. Kids' Day. I know the kids are looking forward to that. Kids' Day. Can you say, kids, are you there? The kids are probably over the other building. The Kids' Day is going to be August 13th. We're going to have one service on Kids' Day. And so the second Sunday in next month, we're going to have one service at 9 a.m. You're the one that needs to know that because you come to the 11 o'clock. The 8 o'clock service people know that we're shifting, and you need to know that we're having one service on the 13th, and it's going to be Kids' Day. We'll have Bounce House. It's also Dress Down Day. You Dress Down Day. So we ask you to wear a jersey, your sports jersey, your team, whether it's the Dolphins or the Marlins or, you know, all kinds of teams that you want to wear. You get to wear your team shirt on that day. And uh, I'm going to be wearing my Messi shirt, um, if you know who that is. Lionel Messi. I'm coming dressed as in my Messi outfit. I'm part of that team. All right. So we're going to be, you can come, and we're looking forward to a great day on Kids Day. All right. And parents, the Academic Club for Excellence Luncheon, for those students that were uh, three point. Five and better, I think that's what it is, 3.5 or better, in your average grade for the, whole, the whole year, you are going to lunch at Cheesecake Factory, and your parent, a parent is going along with you, and so that's on the 19th of August. Remember, it's at 12 noon, Cheesecake Factory, Sawgrass Mills, we've made the reservations for you there, and uh, so that's going to be a wonderful thing. You can't generally make reservations at Cheesecake Factory, 
but we've had this connection because we've been doing it for so many years, and we also have a pastor's thing that we do there as well. So by now, they sort of work with us. All right, those are the announcements that I want to make, and uh, praise God. If you came in a little bit after I welcome you, I just want to welcome you again, and at some point before we dismiss, we're going to make sure that you get a smiley face so we can recognize who you are. But right now, we want to put your hands together. Let's welcome LWCT, LWC dance team number one, this is. We are the little ones who are number two, but dance team number one is up today. Put your hands together and welcome them.
Amen. Goodbye to my troubles. So long. Bye-bye. <laughs> goodbye to my troubles, right? You want to say goodbye to your troubles today? <laughs> Amen. Goodbye to my pain. Hey, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give him a big hand. Come on. They've been here for 8 o'clock service, and so they hang around for us, so we thank God for that. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, if you uh, came in right after we uh, recognized our first-time guests, if you didn't get a warm welcome because we missed you because you, you came in, we want to do that. So anybody came in afterwards, we want to give you a warm, just wave your hand at me. If you weren't here when we greeted everybody, we want to welcome you this morning. Glad that you're here. First time guest, that is. Anybody for the first time that you missed when I said welcome, we want to recognize you. All right. Let's give him a big hand. Come on. All right. Praise God. Also, uh, anybody for the second or the third time? Can you wave at me? Second or third time? All right. Let's give him a big warm welcome. All right. This wonderful couple up front here. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. All right. We are going to continue. And uh, as we continue with our worship this morning, we are going to get ready to ask the ushers to come forward to receive the morning's tithes and offering as we give back to God of his own. The Bible reminds us that we owe nothing, but everything that we have belongs to him. And uh, when we give, we're giving of his own. And so this morning, as you give to the Lord, you're giving of his own. And he was promised that when we walk in obedience to what he says, he will indeed bless us. And so we'll, I just want you, as you walk in obedience, God will indeed do that. Praise God. For those of the baby dedication, we haven't forgotten you. We're going to be doing that a little bit towards the end of the service. So just be there. We know who you are. We have, we have prepared for you. And so we're going to be doing that towards the end of the service. All right. So the ushers are coming. And uh, as they come, I'm going to ask uh, Deacon Lee to ask God's blessing on the givers and the gifts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we take time out in the service now, Lord, to worship you with our giving, help us to recognize, Lord, that you are Jehovah Jireh. And all that we have, Lord, you have provided. We're only managing what you have blessed us with, Lord. So, Father, as we give back to you a portion now, Lord, we just ask that you bless the givers and the gifts. Use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Jesus. Give the band a big hand. Praise God. Well, this morning I want to just ask you to turn to the person right and left. You tell them you're in the right place at the right time. Amen. You are in the right place indeed. And you believe in God that uh, you will be ministered to somehow today before you leave this place. That God will speak to your hearts because I know that he has sent something for you and I this morning. And we want to hear what God has to say to us. We, it's summertime and, uh, you know, we've been doing different things. We just concluded our series on prayer and the importance of prayer. And uh, last time we talked about God got your back covered. And today we want to let you know a very important thing that you are on a mission. You're on a mission. God has sent you and I on a mission. But I want you to see what it takes to send, to get a mission off the ground. And so we're going to go live to Space Kennedy right now and give you sort of a preview of what it means when they are taking off. T minus 90 seconds in counting. All systems are done. We're about 90 seconds to launch a special discovery. We're transferring to orbiter internal power at this time. Discovery is now running off its three onboard fuel cells. Coming up on a go for all the sequence start.
Well, listen to what he says at the end. Discovery, you send a negative return. Discovery, negative return. Discovery, negative return. Discovery was on a mission, and the mission is negative return. I want to tell you this morning that God has sent you and I on a mission. And the mission is also negative return. We're not going back. We're going forward. We're never going to look back. We're going to be always moving forward. And I want you to understand that mission that God has sent you on today. Now I want to ask a question. How many people here would consider themselves a missionary? Raise your hand. Okay, we got a few. Okay. How many people here, you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Raise your hand. Okay. Every one of you that raise your hand that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is considered a missionary. Oh, my thing is still going, eh? <laughs> yeah, you were, you were enjoying what's going on up there. Yeah, okay. We will take care of that. Very quickly. There we go. Technology. All right. So you are a mission. You are a missionary because you're a child of God. Every child of God is a missionary. It's not just those that we send overseas. Not the those that we partner with or we provide the funding who come sometimes and have their slide presentation or they show us different things that's happening in foreign countries. These are not the only ones that are missionaries. If you are a child of God, you are a missionary. So I want you to say this morning, I am a missionary. That's right. You are a missionary. And God has sent you on a mission. And we're going to talk about that mission. Because discovery was on a mission. And you know something that they said while there was liftoff? The point was, they came to a point where it says the tail had to be adjusted so that it could get to its precise location. That was what this, the space center said. The tail is need to be adjusted so you could get to your precise location. I got to tell you that you and I, to get to our precise location that God has for us, we have to make some adjustments in our lives. And if, if the discovery was one hundred or one thousandth of a degree off. By the time it gets into space where it's going, it's going to be miles away from its target. And so you and I need to understand where God is sending us, how he's sending us, and we need to understand what, what he's expecting of us so that we can be successful in the mission that God has called you and I. We're going to talk about that this morning, your mission, because you are on a mission with negative return. So let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. We're going to go in prayer and ask God to speak to all of us today that we may hear his voice. Father, 
we thank you that your words are life unto those that find them and literal medicine unto all flesh. We ask that you would speak to each and every one of us today. May we hear your voice. May we hear what you're saying to us. May we respond accordingly. And may we give you glory and praise and honor. And let no one leave here the way they came, Holy Spirit. We ask you that no one will be the same. But there will be a change. There will be a recognition that I am on a mission. That there is a purpose for my life. And it's something bigger than just a career. And so we thank you, God, that you will speak to us. And we ask you to do so in Jesus' name. And all God's people says, Amen. You got your Bibles with you? We want to look at two verses today. And we're going to focus on one in particular. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. First, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. While you're finding that, I want to begin to talk a little bit about what it says. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. It says, Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. Jesus sent his disciples, and not only his disciples, but he sent us and he says, go. Can you say the word go with me? We are to be going people. We are supposed to be a people that's going for God. And then we read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We are to be witnesses. We're going to take a look at that. There are 6.7 billion people in the world today. And the vast majority of them, the Bible tells us, is not have a relationship with God. Now here's something we need to remember. Let's start with the fundamental. You know, it was uh, Vince Lombardi, every time he had a football game with his, with, his, with his team, he would hold up the football and he would say, Gentlemen, this is a football. He starts with the basic. We got to start with the basic. Here is the basic thing that we must never forget. The Bible tells us in Isaiah, Isaiah 44 and Isaiah 45, you'll find it. It says to us that God created the earth and he made and populated it with us. Now when God created the earth and made and populated with us, it was for him. He did that for him. If you go back to the Genesis account, you'll remember that man was the last one for creation. We were last on the creation list. God created the lights, you know, the sun and the moon. He created the birds and the bees. He created the trees. He created the animals. He created everything before man. In other words, God could have stopped there. We made the assumption that he had to. But God could have stopped without creating human beings. But the reason why God didn't stop, because Isaiah tells us why. Isaiah said, it reminds us, it says, I, the Lord, created the heaven and the earth, and I populated it with people. It was God's desire to populate the earth with people. 
And so you and I were created for God. And the Bible tells us that all things were made by him and for him. Now one of the problems we have is that we, we are raised and social, socialized to believe that it's all about me. But I want you to understand that God created you for himself. He didn't create you and I for us. I'm not created for me. I'm created for God. You are created for whom? For God. And so it is that you and I need to understand that the only way our life is going to have meaning and purpose, the only way we are going to be fulfilled in life, the only way I'm going to really end up at the end of my days fulfilled is when I fulfill the purpose for which God has created me. Now, I can have a lot of pleasure in between. I can have a, I can have a journey of experiencing several things. But i got to tell you, just like discovery, if our things are not lined up properly as we should line up, as God has aligned them, we are going to miss the mark, and our lives are not going to be what God planned. God have a specific plan for each individual. I'm not talking about collectively. I'm talking about individually. There is a plan, individual plan, for your life. And God has planned your life. And if you want to know where that plan is, if you want to understand that's really true, you got to read Psalm 139. When you get home, you read Psalm 139. It outlines clearly that he had a plan for you as an individual, not just the world, which he does. But the individual you. And so you are important to God. It matters to God. God has 6.7 billion people on the face of the earth, and they're all kinds of people. They're all different races, and all of them matter to God. He, because why? All of them were created in the image and the likeness of God. Now, you know, we don't have the time to get into the details of this, but can you imagine, if you go back to the Bible in, 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 after Genesis chapter 11, you'll realize just before there that we... The whole earth was populated from one family. After the flood, Noah and his sons and their wives populated the earth. So it doesn't matter what nationality we are. It doesn't matter where we come from. We really came from one family. We belong to one family. And when, if you go back to the beginning, we all came from Adam and Eve. And so when you really boil it down, it doesn't matter the color of our skin. It doesn't matter our nationality. It doesn't matter what we look like or where we come from. We're all one family. And so you're going to see if we are one family, there is nothing more wonderful than when a family gets along together. Have you ever seen some families that they get along so well? You know some of those? I know some of you don't know some of those. But there are families, there is such a thing that exists. There are some families that get along. And they like each other. And they stand with each other. Now you may have that one oddball. Somewhere in a family, there's usually what is called a black sheep. But there's a family, there's a, there's a situation. But I mean most, there are some families where they really get along. And then there are some families, there's a constant infighting. And it would not represent what God is talking about. And so what we need to see this, this morning, and what we're beginning to look at, is the fact that 
this mission that God has sent us on. So let's begin to look at what is this mission all about. And what is, what is God sending us to do, first of all. So here we go. If I can get my technology to work. Okay. So our mission is very clearly outlined in the Word of God. It is found, actually, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You want to know our mission? It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. Let me read it for you. It says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. So what Jesus Christ has done, he's committed to you and I the ministry of reconciliation. Now, reconciliation, why? If you remember in the Garden of Eden, man disobeyed God, and because of that, fellowship with God was broken, the relationship was, 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 was not intact, and man was driven from the garden because of the, the broken relationship. Now, you know, when God made man in the first case, if you remember, it was a perfect man. And he put him in a perfect environment. But God gave man a will, a choice. The reason why you and I can decide whether I want to eat this or eat that is because we have a choice. We have the power to choose. God decided when he was going to make man that he wouldn't make us a robot. That was a decision God had to make. And he made the decision that's going to give you the ability to choose. And we have the, because of that, the risk that God run, which he knew, was that we could choose not to worship him. Even though he created us for himself, we could choose to do something else. But God made us and he gave us that choice. And when man disobeyed God, the relationship was broken. And because of that, things started happening in our lives. You know what happened when, we, when the relationship with God was broken? We lost a lot of our understanding. We, our brains didn't function the way we're supposed to function anymore. We, first of all, the other thing that happens is that death came as a result. Man physically started to de deteriorate. Every day you and I are deteriorating every day a little bit more. It may be slow, but we're deteriorating. I remember when I was sitting my cardiologist, who was my primary physician, he says, Carl, my pipes are clogging up. You see, he was getting older. He says, as I get older, the pipes are clogging up. And so it is that what's happened to all of us, because of sin, because of disobedience, because of what happened, things started going in a different way than how God planned it. And the time we walk in disobedience, our lives begin to go in a different way than God had planned it for us. My friends, the greatest thing you and I could ever have is to be able to experience God's perfect will for your life. Because God has a plan. And he has a, he's working something out. But you and I have to walk the walk with him. And so it is that I want to tell you this morning that he has sent you and I on a mission. You see, the word missionary comes, means sent. It comes from the Latin word that means sent. So a missionary is one that is sent. You and I are sent by God. The Bible tells us that. 
The Bible tells us that Jesus said that in, in John 17 and verse 18. He says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Jesus also said in John 20, 21, he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so you need to know that you and I are sent. But the wonderful thing is that we are sent with good news. We come with good news. We're not CNN. You know, CNN has breaking news. But you notice that CNN breaking news is always what? Bad news. Somebody said CNN means constant negative news. Well, you, we don't come with constant negative news. We come with good news. We come with a good news. But what is the good news we come with? We come with the good news that reconciliation with God is possible. Because when you and I are reconciled to God, our lives will go in a different direction. Things are going to be better when we reconcile with God. When we disobey God, there is a curse from God, so to speak, on us. When we obey God, there is a blessing from God upon us. And so you and I, when we are reconciled to God, is what we want. But here's a little sticky problem. The sticky problem we have is that for God, he says, before you can really reconcile with me, you have to reconcile with your brothers. Hello? So you got to like the person you don't like. You've got to go and, you know, you know, somebody says, I can love them but don't like them. Hello? But the point of the matter is that you've got to make right with the person. You know, God is a God of reconciliation. Remember that when you go boil it down, we are one family. Did you know that? We are one big family. And what God wants, I'm not just talking about the church. I'm talking about the world the way God sees us. We are God's family. He sees the different colors. He just sees the variety. He sees the variety in his family. And he sees the different ones of us. But we are all one in his big family. And all God wants to do is to create one gigantic family on earth that he wants to one day spend eternity with him. And so you and I, before we can really reconcile with God, we have to really re understand that I need to reconcile with my brothers. So I need to be able to bear that in mind. So the Bible says, if you come to the altar with your gift, and you remember that your brother have ought against you, or you have ought against them, you need to go and reconcile with them first, and then come back. God is in the business of reconciliation. He's a God about reconciliation. And he's given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. You and I are supposed to tell people, there is a way for you to be right with God. Why? Because you know, my friends, the Bible teaches us that the result of not being reconciled to God, the consequence is one of two things. There is either life without God or life with God. If I'm not reconciled to God, I'm going to have a life without God. If I'm reconciled with God, I'm going to have a life with God. And a life with God is in heaven. A life without God is a place called hell. And we don't want to go there. We want to be reconciled with God. And so God has given you and I the, the privilege and the opportunity to share the good news that there is a way to be reconciled with God. But here is the thing that you need to grasp. To be reconciled with God, you have to become perfect. Now that may shock some of you. To be reconciled with God, 
you have to become perfect. Why? Because God is what? Perfect. And so an imperfect person can, can, is not going to reconcile with God the way he wants. So to be reconciled with God, to become perfect. But can I tell you, I don't know if I'm a perfect person. I'm not perfect. Just ask my wife. You're not perfect. I don't know if anybody's perfect. So how are we going to be reconciled with God if I have to become perfect? That's where Jesus Christ comes in. Now you begin to see why you need Jesus Christ in the picture. Now you begin to see why you can't get around Christ. Because Jesus Christ was the only perfect person. You see, he lived a what? Perfect, sinless life. And because he lived a perfect, sinless life, when he died on the cross and paid the price of my sins, and I recognize that he took my sins, when I do that, God transfer his righteousness to me. And so when he looks at me, he sees me in the righteousness of Christ, which makes me perfect. That's why you must always come in Christ. So in Christ, I'm perfect. That's why Paul talks about being in Christ all the time. I don't come in my name. I don't come on my grounds. I don't come on what I have done because nothing that I do can get me reconciled with God because I can never be perfect. As soon as I think I'm going to do the right thing, something happens and I say something wrong. And I think the wrong thoughts. And I behave the wrong way. And I make mistakes. All of us have blown it. Is there anybody that's never blown it? We've all blown it. We've all made mistakes. We've all said things that we wish we never said. We've all done things we wish we hadn't done. All of us fall in that way. But Jesus Christ is the only perfect person. That's why the Bible says there is no salvation in no other name but in the name of Jesus. Because that's how we get the perfection. To be reconciled to God, I have to become perfect. But I can't come perfect in my own right. I come perfect only in Christ. So you and I need Jesus Christ in our lives. So when we say, I receive Christ, I'm accepting Christ. I'm accepting what he did on the cross. That's what I'm doing. I'm accepting what he accomplished on the cross. His blood was shed on the cross. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. God won't forgive unless there is a shedding of blood. And my blood is tainted with sin. And, and sin cannot take care of sin. I can't wash dirty clothes with dirty water and make them clean. I got to wash dirty clothes with what? Clean water. And so I am stained with sin. You are stained with sin. And because of that, your sin and my sin cannot make us clean, cannot make us right. So we need the righteousness of God. He is the only perfect. That's why we come in Christ. So the good news is, the good news is, it's not what I do to please God that gets me reconciled with God. It's only what Jesus Christ has done for me. I don't have to perform to get into heaven. You know, I know some people believe that, you know, I, I, they said to me, well, pastor, I, 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 on Thanksgiving, I go down to the road down in Miami. I, I feed the poor. I, I take blankets for them. I take food for them. 
I serve them food. And if I see anybody destitute, I try to help them out. I'm always looking for the poor. I'm always doing all these good deeds. And, and, and for them, they think that there is a ledger, that there's a plus sign and a minus sign in God's ledger. And if their plus things exceed, if their credit exceeds their debits, then they get into heaven. Can I tell you? God says all of those things are good things, but they still don't qualify to get you into heaven. To get you into heaven, you have to become perfect. It doesn't change it. I could do all those things. You must become perfect. And I cannot become perfect except in Christ. Aren't you glad God made a way for us to become perfect? I'm glad that he didn't leave us to be condemned. I'm glad that there's a way out in Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a big hand because he did that for you and I. The grace of God, the mercies of God, the compassion of God. When you and I think about the way we used to live, the lifestyle we used to live, and now God has forgiven us of all of that, wiped the slate clean, given us a fresh start, all because of what Jesus Christ did. We got to give Jesus praise all the time. My eternity rests on what he did. It was because of him why I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all my fears are gone. Because I know he holds a future and my trust is in him and I look to him and I depend on him and I rely on him and I'm looking to him and I, I'm just worshiping him and I give him thanks every day for what he's done for me because he saved me from hell and has made a way for me to spend eternity with God in heaven. And I'm going to tell you, my friend, that's a wonderful thing. And you're not going to appreciate that until one day when you get there on the other side and you realize, wait a minute. It. I am going to enjoy the joy of the Lord and the peace of God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and it will never change. Praise God. Can somebody give him praise this morning? Hallelujah. So here's the thing. We can only be perfect in Christ. So Christ came on a mission. He started the mission by dying and resurrecting. But then he left us to complete the mission. You and I are left to complete the mission. Why? Because he, God is not satisfied. His desire, the Bible says, it is, he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to eternal life. Why? God loves people. You see the people you don't like? God loves them. The people that give you trouble? God loves them. The people that irritate you? God loves them. The people that seem mean? God loves them. Now God must be something. He must be something, eh? When you think about the people that you know that you... that are terrible and horrible. And some people's hearts are wicked, you know. I've been hearing about a situation with a husband. He's been cheating on his wife for years. And he continues to cheat for 20-something years. He cheated on her. 
And she cheated on him once and she went to, con she went to confess. He went ballistic. Now he's desiring to tear her apart, to get rid of her, to, to, to harm her in any way he can. And this man has been cheating on her all this time. Is your people's heart are wicked? Him can cheat her, but she can't cheat on him. None of them should be cheating on each other, by the way. I just want you to get it straight. So you don't leave yourself. Well, pastor said, if him treat on me, me can cheat on him. Pastor never said that. Get it right. Both of them are wrong. But you know the thing about she recognized her error, so she confessed her sins. Now she's free of carrying that burden. Secrecy. The enemy loves you to carry secret. But you know that secret keeps you bound? It bothers your conscience. Every now and then the, the devil uses a whip to whip you. And to beat you up and say who you think you are. Everybody, you, nobody else knows about who you are, but I know. And he come whispering in your ear. But you've got to be able to release that in the name of the Lord. Amen? And you've got to be able to get rid of that. And you, uh, you, once you, you deal with it with God, and you make right with God, and you make right with God, and you confess it. And I can tell you, and you can confess it to someone too. Someone you can trust. Make right with God. And it will stop bothering you. Because the enemy cannot beat you with something that is in the open. What he loves is secrecy. And anytime he catches you with anything that he does in secret, that you do in secret, he whips you with it all the time, which is his plan. Because remember, his plan is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So God has left us to become history makers. God has left us to complete the mission. The mission of reconciling every individual back to him. But here does it work. So the question that we need to ask ourselves, where do we start? Where do we start? The Bible tells us where to start. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, here's what the Bible says. It says, you will become witnesses in Jerusalem. Jesus was talking to his disciples. Where do you think they were when he was talking to them? They were in Jerusalem. So Jesus, the principle that we see is Jesus was saying, start right where you are. In fact, start in your backyard. Start with your neighbor. Start with your co-worker. Start with a store clerk. Start with your friend. Start with the person that your relative that you know. Start in your home. Start right there. God wants you to start right there. You don't need to go overseas to start. You start here. If he wants to take you overseas after that, he will take you. But you've got to start where you are. Some people are waiting to find out what is the will of God concerning that. Well, we know the will of God already. He says the will of God, the Bible tells in 2 in Peter 2, 9, it says it is not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so that's God's will. God's will is that everybody come to know him. It is his will that every person be reconciled to him. And so your job and my job is to begin to do that. Now, here's the thing I want to show you this morning. I want to give you a little test, a math test. If I gave you 10,000 a day for 10 years, or 
a penny a day doubled every time for 10 years, which one would you take? Now, I know some people said, after one week, $70,000. After, you mean 10000 a day? Wow. After 30 days, 300000 Can you imagine? I'm getting a lot of money right there. But did you know that if you multiply it out, the penny that I give you that double every other day will be five times greater than the 10,000 a day in 10 years. Five times greater. What am I saying about what am I saying about that? Why am I telling you that? Because I'm telling you that because you see, God has called you and I mission to reconcile. Here's the thing. If each one of you win one person to Christ, and you disciple that one person to win another person, and you disciple that person to win another person, and you disciple that person to win another person, can I tell you? In the Bible, we are told by by those with, uh, that those statistics that in a few years the whole world would have received the gospel if each one win one and disciple that one, and that one that they win, disciple to win another one, and then you start winning another one, and then they win another one. And you just, 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 but even if you just start with you one bringing one, and that one bring one, the multiplying factor is so great, because multiplication is always greater than addition. So I've given you 10,000 a day, sounds great. And some of you would take it, because you would end up with a few million dollars. But did you realize that the penny a day turned into billions? Billions of dollars. You'd have forfeited much more money because you say, oh, penny a day doubled. I don't want penny a day doubled. I want 10,000. Oh, give me the 10,000. Oh, no. The multiplying factor is great. And that's what God is saying to us. So I'm going to say to you this morning, you are responsible to win one person to Christ this year. Disciple that one. To win one. You know, if everybody in here that comes to the church win one person to Christ, the church doubles immediately. In one shot. And you were in the seventh month of the year. And we still have a few more months to go. Can I challenge us to win one person to Christ and disciple them before the year is up? One person. And then you disciple that one person to win someone else. So that the process continues of multiplication. Because that's what God wants. And so the principle we see is first of all you start where you are. The second thing we need to see in the Bible is that, that verse. It says you shall be witnesses in Judea and Samaria. Now they were in Judea with a community where they were. Samaria was a neighboring community. But Samaria was a kind of neighborhood that the Jews don't want to go into. Because the people were different from them. What is God saying? You got to reach out beyond your comfort zone. God wants to re us to reach out beyond your comfort zone. We need to reach out to people that we don't even understand and we learn to understand them. We need to reach out to people that we don't seem to like or would like. We need to reach out to them. Why? Because God is concerned about them. He cares about them. And that should be a burden of our hearts as God puts that burden on us. 
Because you have a mission. Can I tell you that that mission is greater than your career? Can I tell you that that mission is greater than being married? Can I tell you that that mission should supersede everything? Because that mission deals not with temporal things, my friend. The mission that we are about deals with eternity. It deals with eternal matter. And that is serious. Because every single person in here today, every single person watching me by the World Wide Web, every single person that has been born in this world will live forever. We talked about that last week. Because last week we remind you that you are not a body. You are a soul. You have a body, but you are a soul. And because you are a soul that lives in a body, the soul never dies. That little baby that was born for 30 seconds has a soul. And it will live forever. Now what we don't know, there's some things we don't know. In eternity, will the baby still be a baby or will the baby be grown up? We don't know. And we don't need to speculate that. But we know one thing, the soul is eternal. Every one of us here this morning, and those watching me by the World Wide Web, you are going to live forever. They may put the body in the ground. They may burn it in the furnace. They may scatter the ashes in the ocean. But your soul is going to live forever. That's why we have to be concerned about people. That's why God is so concerned. Because he does not want anyone. It is not the will of God that one person lives in a place without him. In fact, the Bible tells us that the, that, that the hell was made for the devil and his angels, not for any individual. So God has commissioned you and I, my friends. We have a responsibility. The Bible is very clear that you and I have a responsibility to go. We have been sent, and we need to be going. Do you realize you can't spell good news without go? You can't spell gospel without go. No matter what you do, you have to go. Go. God is calling us to go. We need to go. We need to go because we are sent. But where do we go first? We go first in our backyard. We go first to the person on the job. We go first to the person that is closest to us. We start there. That's where you start. And you know, my friends, when you and I begin to do that, I want to tell you, God will never send you anywhere without equipping you to do what you, he's called you to do. You see, the problem with most of us is we think we're, we're going to need, we're going to do it on our own abilities. You and I don't have any ability to do anything. Ability comes from God. What we have to offer God, what he allows us to offer him, is one thing. Availability. But the ability to accomplish the task comes from him. God will enable you and he will give you the ability to do what he's called you to do. But we have to first say yes. So this morning, what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you we have a choice to answer the call of God to go. There are four options that we have this morning. You can be like Moses who asked, who me? 
You can be like Jonah that said, not me. You can be like Habakkuk that asked, why me? Or you can be like Isaiah that says, send me. Which one will you be this morning? I hope that you will be like Isaiah that says, send me. Because that's what God wants to do today. He wants to send you. He wants to do this to you. And I want to, I want to believe God today that you are, are ready to allow God to send you. And so I want to, I want to play a, a, a clip for you this morning that talks about how important it is to be sent. And I'm hoping that the technology people are still with me on this. I think they are. So let's go to my video. The gospel you see is fundamentally an announcement about what Jesus has done for us that is a call for a response of repentance and belief. This is a gospel about individuals created in the image of God just like you and me. There are 6,536 unreached people groups with no access to the gospel. I don't want you to hear that. It's a statistic, by the way. Those aren't numbers. Those are individuals just like you and me. We have the same needs, wants, hurts, and desires that you and I have. These people are somebody's mother, somebody's father, somebody's child, somebody's brother, somebody's sister. They're made in the image of God just like you and me. Where would you be without Jesus? The answer is you'd be in exactly the place that 2.6 billion people are without you and me. The message of the gospel is that Christ has satisfied the full wrath of God against our sin. And he has done so for the peoples of every nation on earth. But it does them no good if they never hear about it. If you have experienced the gospel, there is no way that you can look at a world that is headed to hell and not care, not move, and not offer your life and say, God, here am I, send me. Send me. He's asking us for us to respond by saying, Lord, send me. Why don't you bow your heads right now with me? Close your eyes and I'm going to pray. And if you are sensing this morning that you're one that want to say, God, send me. And sending me doesn't mean sending me overseas. Sending me could mean sending you down the road. Send me could mean sending you to the backyard. Send me could mean sending me to the next desk or the next cubicle on the job. Send me could mean sending me to the next person I'm sitting on the bus or the train with. But you're saying, God, use me. Use me, God, because he has the power to do that. He has the power to speak through you. He has the power to make a difference in that person's life. Dwight L. Moody heard a message. The great Moody that has been a great evangelist, one of the greatest evangelists 
the world has ever seen. And he heard a message that said, if the man could know what God could do to the one who would say yes, it would be more than he could imagine or think. And Moody said, God, let me be that man. And look at what God did with him. Who knows what God will do with you? Who knows what the plan is? You're on a mission with negative return. Just like the discovery. But you need to say, first of all, God sent me. If you are one like that this morning, I want you to just, while you're here, just says, Lord, raise your hand and say, send me. I want to pray for you right now, right where you're seated. Send me, God. Maybe it's across the street. Maybe it's across the desk. Maybe it's across the hall. Maybe it's in your backyard. I don't know where he's going to send you. I don't know how he's going to send you. But the, point, the thing about it is that we are sent. Are you ready to go? Father God, I pray for the hands that are raised today. That I recognize that you are sending us, all of us. Some are ready to say, send me, Lord. Recognizing that the ability to go comes from you. That all you ask of us is to become available. May we be like Isaiah that says, Lord, send me. And as you pray that prayer, as you say, God, use me. I want you to say that right now. Those of you with your hands up, just say, God, use me. Watch what happens. Because little becomes much when you place it in a master's hand. Lord, I pray may you use your people. Use those who have committed, who have made a decision that they want to go. Whether it's next door, whether it's the person on the bus, whether it's the person in the store, whether it's the person down the street, whether it's the person in the next cubicle at work, whether it's the person in the next office, whether it's the person around the, the, the coffee or around the water fountain, wherever we go, you And I pray we'll never forget we're in a mission with negative return. We ask it, may you do so in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to dedicate a baby. We have, the baby's name is Jonas Charles. We're going to ask the mother and father to come and godparents and those who have come today to be a part of this dedication sermon. Just come right down. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture taken from the gospel of Mark concerning what Jesus did and said about children. The Bible says and let me read it from the version that you probably will recognize. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples rebuked those who brought them, Jesus, when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them. Just stand right here. Come right up. Stand right here. 
and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. That's what we're going to do to Jonas today. We're going to do exactly what Jesus did. Take him up in our arms, lay our hands on him, and bless him. And I see many more are coming that are standing with them today. What a great support. Amen. You don't have to worry about babysitting services. You have ample around you today. Very capable and willing to help the support. Strong arms, all kinds of help. That's a wonderful thing. Praise God. Well, before we take Jonas in hand, we always like to pray for you first. Because it's so difficult to raise children in this environment. And you're going to need all the wisdom. Who are the godparents? Are they here? All right. So I'm going to charge you. There's a responsibility that you have. If they fail to raise Jonas in a godly fashion, it is your job to ensure that he is. So you call them into question. Amen. That's your responsibility. So the rest of you are there to help. And whatever we can, you're here to stand in support today. To stand with. Because it takes a village to raise a child. And so the parents alone are not going to be able to do so. They need everyone together. So I'm glad you came to support them. We're going to pray for you first. And then we're going to pray for Jonas. Is that okay? Let's do that. Father, we thank you for this family and friends that have come to stand in support to the parents of Jonas. They recognize, God, that it takes more than an individual or a couple to raise a child. And they said, we want to stand with you in support. So we thank you for that. And we thank you for the contribution that they will make. We ask you to give them wisdom and insight and understanding. We ask you to provide for the parents that they will be able to provide adequately for the child. And we ask you, Lord, that you will May they be a godly example to this little child that he would follow in their footsteps, learning from them the ways of the Lord. Let him be like a little Samuel, we pray. We commend him to your Father. and We ask your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to take you. There you go, my friend. Wow, he's all dressed so nicely. His cap and everything. And Jonas, you're good. I got my oil here, and I'm going to anoint you with oil. I'm going to ask somebody to open this on me. My assistant is sick. Jonas Charles, we lift you up before the Lord. Father God, we thank you for this child that is not an accident. 
Jonas is also on a mission. And you sent him with a purpose and a plan in this world. And from this tender age, God, may you order his steps and direct his path. Oh, that the Lord would bless you indeed and enlarge your territory. That his hand would be with you. That it would keep you from evil. And may you never cause pain. Lord, I pray you bless his going out and his coming in. His lying down and his rising up. And one day when he stands before you as he will, may he hear you say to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So today, God, we ask you to bless him. We dedicate him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May you be blessed of God. So peaceful in Jesus' name. Wow. He's a blessing. A little angel. Everybody wants him. <laughs> Amen. Can we give him a hand? And we have, we have for you, Mama. Congratulations, Dad. Congratulations. Blessings on you. Congratulations. Bless you. All right. Be sharp. And all of you, congratulations. Thank you for being here. And give up the support. Get them a hand as they return. Let's all stand together. If you have your smiley face on, when you go outside, we have refreshments for everybody. But with a smiley face on, you are supposed to be at the front of the line. So you are going to be first because you're a first-time guest. You want to make sure that you are first up front. But there is refreshments for everyone. So you don't have to leave. You can linger around, get to know somebody else. And get to know a family or we're all one big family here on earth as you heard. And so the rain has stopped. You know, it's wonderful around here. If you came on time to church, it was dry. When you finish the service, it is dry. That's how it has always been around here. If you come late, you get wet. And if you leave too early, you're going to get wet. <laughs> so stick around here and you'll get some of that blessing that we enjoy with God and the weather. A wonderful thing. That's why we know we're going to have a great time at a picnic. It's going to be good weather. All right. As we dismiss you, we're going to raise your hand. We're going to pronounce the benediction. And uh, you'll be going on the outside. We're going to let our first time guests slip out first once we say the benediction. If you're first time, we're going to get your stuff ready. We're going to let you go first and then the rest of people will follow. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace as together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Can the first